Yo, man. Are y'all excited for Young Guns? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Man, I'm so honored to be up here in front of y'all. Justin, Emily, so honored y'all let me do this. Just want to thank them. I mean, they're amazing pastors. They've created such a place of community here in Elevation. So give it up for them real quick. All right, all right. So now more about me because, you know, it's the freeze, whatever. No, I'm just kidding. No, so like Justin said, my name is Mason. I'm a sophomore at New Life Church College. There was like seven people. That's probably our whole student body right there, so ain't that big. But no, I get to serve in real life at GLR. Man, it is one of the coolest experiences ever, just seeing high school students go after God and get what it means to worship God. It's such a cool experience. So if you're looking for somewhere to serve, come hit me up after service. Shameless plug. But if you already got a place to serve, I'm getting to do internship this semester. Who else is in internship? Yeah. You got to show that out real quick. Beth and Amir lead that so well. It's just really get to dive in more to serving in the church. So if you're also interested in that, hit me up afterwards. But enough about me because that's not what tonight is. As much as I wish it was. But no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, this is really, this is something that has been on my heart for a little while now, actually. And back in January... I was just sitting down having some quiet time, and God had revealed to me the story of the Good Shepherd. Now, if you've ever heard about the Good Shepherd, there, I mean, it's about 21 verses, but it is a powerful piece of scripture. And I just wrote, that, wrote it down, didn't think much about it. And God reminded me back kind of right before Easter of this and said, hey, take another look at this. I've got something to show you. And, he's, and the two big things that stood out, and we're going to dive into these tonight, are understanding and being able to hear the voice of God and how to follow that. So if y'all will turn with me to John chapter 10, I'll give y'all a second. That's where we're going to start out in tonight. Um, and I encourage y'all, if you're just, you know, looking for something to read, go read this whole section. I can't cover everything in this little bit tonight, but it is a powerful and encouraging scripture. So John chapter 10, we're going to start in verse two. It says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of them, all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Then we pop into verse 10, and it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that, I may, that they may have life and life to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So even if you look back at verse 4 there, we're going to dive into this verse. It says, they follow him because they know his voice. Now, it's always been a tough question for me for how are we supposed to follow a voice and hear a voice we can't audibly hear? I mean, that just doesn't seem like it makes sense. And, I mean, y'all can y'all see that I'm speaking. You see my lips moving. I'm a loud talker. You probably heard me earlier you heard me worship, I'm sorry. That was probably not the best thing ever. But you know that I'm speaking. So real quick, who in here text? Who's sent a text before? Everybody should have their hand up. If not, and I see you on your phone, I'm going to come after you. But who knows what LOL stands or what it, what it means? Laugh out loud. But it also means they're probably not laughing out loud. They probably didn't think it was that funny if they send LOL. Okay, what does the letter K mean? Oh, mm. Yeah, no, you, you probably messed up. You probably said something bad. Okay, what does it mean when they put a period at the end of a sentence? Yeah, okay, okay, what if you get K with a period? 
Yeah, that means I'm praying for you because there ain't nothing good with that. But listen, why do we know what that means? We recognize what those mean because we've seen it before. Because we've probably had it used on us before. If you have, I'm sorry. But that's how you know. You recognize it. That's the same thing with the voice of God. We recognize the voice of God when we've seen it before. When we have a baseline comparison. And I mean, that starts right here in the scripture. That's somewhere we can find a baseline of what God said before. His periods, his K's, his LOL's, they're all in here. Okay, real quick. Who has seen a sheep before? Seen a sheep? Who's, who's been close to a sheep, at least touched a sheep before? That's a different question. Who's touched a sheep? You may have seen one in a manger before, but have you touched a sheep? So, look, I've seen a bunch of them. My parents used to own, a, or my uh, aunt and uncle actually used to own a pumpkin farm out in Greenbrier. So we had all that growing up, playing with animals, and I got bold one day. Little seven-year-old Mason said, I'm going to ride that sheep. I said, that one right there, I'm going to ride him today. Climbed over the fence, get in the cage, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. So I'm getting ready, trying to get on him. He bucks me off. I didn't even know they could do that. I thought they were friendly. And he starts chasing me around this pen. I'm a seven-year-old screaming. There's, like, customers leaving, thinking they're abusing animals and stuff. And I'm just chasing, trying to get out. Luckily, I did. I mean, I'm here. I don't have any butt marks, like, bite marks on my butt or nothing. So, but that sounds dumb. I know that sounds dumb. So I Googled it to make sure I wasn't the only one. There's a whole sport out there of people doing this. It's called mutton busting. They know what it is. Perry knows what it is over there. She's mutton busted before. <laughs> no, I'm for real. Go look it up. Four to seven-year-olds doing this. It's crazy. But, but the reason I tell you these things is because in this story, we're the sheep. And just like that, I mean, we hate when there's somebody riding our backs about something, trying to micromanage us, tailgating us on the highway. And we hate it the most when it's people we don't know, when it's a voice we don't know telling us what to do. But just like the sheep, we also need to be led, and we need to be led by a voice that we know. I mean, if you look in verse 10 when we were up there, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The actual translation for killing, that means slaughter. That's a pretty heavy word, but it means, but it's saying that the enemy will come. But then in verse 11, we get hope where it says that the good shepherd lays his life down for us. That Jesus lays his life down for us. I mean, we just got through Easter where he did exactly that. The truth of it is, I mean, we're going to be led by a voice in this world. We're going to be led by the world or we can be led by the voice of God. And, and, that, and that's always been a complicating thing, but you don't need to read and binge this thing front to back. I mean, you could do it. You'd probably get bored. You'd probably fall asleep in the first chapter. I'm just all I'm going to say. But you could, you could binge this, and you would get, but it doesn't take knocking it all out in one setting. It starts with one scripture. Guys, just, if, you, if you build a wall, it's a brick at a time. So, too, is our faith built at a scripture at a time. Okay, it's just one scripture, one thing here and there. It's so easy to think we need to, you know, audibly hear God say something when he said it all before right here. When I'm the one who's struggling with what decisions to follow in life, what voice I'm hearing from for what, to, what college to go to when I was making that decision, when I was deciding, you know, where to work, do all this, Scripture, God's voice. God told me right in here. He gave me hope. He gave me answers. 
when I'm not confident in, in what I'm doing, who I am, feeling self-conscious. It says it right here. Beautifully, wonderfully made. That's what, how God designed us. He says it. When we're at the edge and just the end of everything, God's word encourages us. It tells us we have hope. We have opportunity. Because, listen, we're going to be led by the voice that we recognize in life. It says that the sheep, us, we follow the voice that we have recognized. They follow the good shepherd because they recognize the voice. And in order to recognize the voice of God, it just starts a scripture at a time. It doesn't take that much. Just a small scripture, one bit, one bit. And it builds that wall. It builds that foundation of our faith. That's all I've got. I've got nothing else. But I hope you're really encouraged by this. And you take this and you know that it just takes a little bit of time. So that's all I got. I'm about to bring up the one, the only, Emily Hopper. Hey, what's up, guys? So like you said, I am Emily Hopper, and I'm a freshman at UCA. Woo! Go Bears! Um, anyways... <laughs> so guys, I am so pumped to be here, and I'm honestly just so honored. I've literally only been here for like six months, pretty much, like last semester, my first time here. But Elevation has had such an impact on my life so far, and I just encourage y'all to get connected in any way you can. And just, I mean, if you invest in it, it's going to invest right back, and it's so great. And the freeze, Emily and Justin, they have been so impactful on my life, and I just, I just, I'm so thankful for them. Okay, anyways, so I'm just going to dive right into this tonight. Um, so what I'm talking about today is called presence over perfection. Um, and I'm just going to say it, God doesn't need you to be perfect to come to him. Okay, that's all you need to know. <laughs> so up until about the summer of 2020, I lived with the thought that it was up to me to grow my relationship with the Lord. It was all up to me. And... Um, I know we've all heard someone say, Jesus was the only pers person to live a perfect life. I have heard that. Have y'all heard that? Yeah, we've all heard that. I had heard it a million times, and I thought I knew what that meant, but I really didn't. My senior year was the hardest time for me spiritually. Every day I wake up and I say, I'm not going to cuss today. God, today is the day I'm going to stop vaping. Mm-hmm. It's the day. Um, or maybe... God, I have lustful thoughts all the time. Can you, like, I'm going to stop that. Like, it's that easy just to stop. But every single day I would fail. I would wake up. I would sin. I would ask for forgiveness. And then I would go to sleep. I would wake up, sin, ask for forgiveness. And it was a constant cycle over and over again of me sinning and asking for forgiveness. And it hurt. I was hurting and I'm going to be honest with you, I gave up. I literally told God, I know this is wrong, but I want to do th things on my own right now. I want to do it on my own because I'm just sick of hurting every single day. But then <laughs> I went and worked at this camp. And that was where I first experienced having a godlike community. And it was life-changing. It was absolutely life-changing because they were the ones who first showed me what the true, what God's love was like. And that also 
hurt at first. I'm not saying like it was just so easy that God, like I ought to all of a sudden feel God's conviction again and it was just all happy-go-lucky. No, it hurts because my whole life I had thought that this was what my relationship with the Lord was supposed to look like, which was condemnation. I knew condemnation my whole entire life and I never knew what the conviction of the Lord was like. And because literally all my life I thought, because you're not perfect, you're not worth it. When you're not perfect every single day, it's not worth it that you are a Christian. But since then, this is what I've learned. I was lacking a true, genuine relationship with the Lord. I didn't realize that, yes, I can do these good works and I can put an effort into growing my relationship with the Lord, but that's not the reason that he loves us. He Psalm 86, 15 says, But you, O Lord, are compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. God wants a relationship with you. He wants to know every single part of you. Every day, whenever you are angry, every time you have frustration, every time you are happy about something, when you're sad, God, he wants you, like whenever you are in traffic and you're so mad at the person in front of you for cutting you off, you want to be like, he just wants you to yell at him like, God, I don't like, like this person at the moment. Like he wants that. God's not afraid of your feelings. He's an almighty God. Why would he be afraid of your feelings? Jesus did not die on the cross for us to wallow in our lack of faith and believe that it is up to us to grow our relationship with him and do everything on our own. He died on that cross because he loved us. And all of those times whenever you have, he wants you to live abundantly through him with joy and grace and love. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He will bless you. He will give you all that you need. As long as you give all of him to, all of your, sorry, all of yourself to him, then he will send you and do good works. Then he will send you and use you. It doesn't work the other way around. It's not you go do good works and then he blesses you. That's not how it works. That's not who Jesus is. Here's what I want to leave you with. The Lord is not looking for perfection. Just, just how serving in church every single day doesn't make you a good Christian, struggling in your faith doesn't make you a bad one either. God wants you where you are right now, no matter where you're at, the good and the bad, all of it. So I'm here to challenge you to look into your own heart. Are you trying to do things on your own? Are you trying to do a walk in your life doing things so God will love you more or so other people will love you more? Because that's not, if you're doing that, you're missing out on the intimacy of God. When you truly let him have control of your life, of your addictions, of your thoughts, that is when he'll open your eyes and you'll be able to see his kindness and his love and his grace. And then you will see him moving in your life in more ways than you can ever imagine. Thank you, that's all I have.
All right, um, so next up, Aiden Walker is gonna come up here and he's got a really good message. Y'all better write some notes down. Dude, she freaking killed it. Emily, you killed it. Good job. I would love bringing the Lord. Uh, if you guys don't know me, she just said it. My name's Aiden Walker. Uh, I get to lead a life group here. Um, shout out my life group guys. You know. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, real, they're real loud. I love it. <laughs> um, real quick, I just want to honor Justin and Emily. The, they're incredible pastors, and their heart for culture is really awesome. And honestly, Justin's been a big part of the growth that I've had here, because just him being a leader. But Elevation has kind of been my home since coming to college. I've uh, been here for about three years. Um, honestly, it's where I found community. Hashtag my best friend is RP. Hey. <laughs> um, it's, um, it's where I found mentors, where I found people I could confide in. It's where I found some of my best friends. Ultimately, it's where I found the Lord. It's where I developed a passion to grow my own personal walk with God. Um, and that was about three years ago at Cuba. But... You know, I'm just going to get in the word right now. Let's do it. <laughs> Dude, how many of y'all have not had the best year? Am I just me? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been tough. And, like, I've noticed a big with Cuba is, like, as we kind of start fading out of these things, start finding some of these trials, it's easy to look into it and be like, that's where God was. It's like, ah, oh, he is good. It's like, I do got him. But more often than not, it's really hard to be in the middle of it. And still, still look to God. Yeah. Um, but let's look at scripture. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out his roots by a stream and does not fear when he comes, for its leaves remain green. And is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a question that I get from this that, honestly, I continue to have to ask myself. And it's something I'm still walking through right now. Even when I'm up here, Guys, I'm struggling to trust God because I'm like, I'm scared right now, you know? I'm nervous. Uh, but do I continue to bear fruit regardless of circumstance? Do I continue to bear fruit regardless of circumstance? Because right there, God promised it. He said, if you trust in him, you trust is him, you know, you'll produce the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self, uh, gentleness, self-control. I was about to say selfishness. That would be good. <laughs> but... You know, I'm walking for three years. It's, it's really easy to fake that sometimes, you guys know? But it's been, it's been a year, to say at least. The school year has not been easy. You guys all know it. You guys probably relate to a lot of this. Um, COVID, the topic of race has become a big thing. So for me personally, a lot of self-reflection and just trying to figure out where in my life do I have these thoughts and things I need to flush out. Uh, one of my friends died in December. One of my, or my grandfather died in January, and my best friend went in the military. Um, things have been hidden. But throughout all that, you know, in my daily quiet time, the Lord's been convicting me about all these little different areas that have kind of culminated. You know, convicting me about the way I love people, convicting me about how do I have peace, you know, in the midst of making decisions for my future, because I'm a junior heading into senior year. So it's like, it's now or never, and I'm like, just feeling like super dazed by it, to say at least. You know, and my patience, patience with my family. And, but the thing is, I was fighting God through all this. I was like, oh, I love people well. I'm patient. I have peace. But, you know, so I went to Scripture and was like, all right, let's see. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. 
And it's something that I definitely wasn't doing well. Definitely wasn't pursuing people that I know, people that are hurting. Definitely wasn't loving people, wasn't being patient with my family members. Um, and I missed it. 1 Corinthians 14.33, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. I didn't have it. My, I couldn't, I could, legit quiet time, I tried to talk to God, and I just couldn't think of anything. I couldn't pray to him. I couldn't talk to him. And so it's like, there's something there. Why do I not, why can't I not talk to God? It's because I didn't have peace. There's something there that I haven't been given to him. Um, and I missed a mark. And I realized throughout all this stuff, throughout all these trials and all these tribulations, it's just like, like I've been so focused on my weakness, on my personal battles, on my struggles, all the things that I couldn't overcome that I wasn't looking to God. I wasn't looking to just the power of the Lord. I mean, this is a dude. Nah, he ain't a dude. He, he being. This is a guy who, he created a galaxy with one sentence. This dude said, let there be light. This guy said, let there be light. And it's like, he's so, he's so powerful that he has in the palm of his hand. But I was forgetting that. I was forgetting the cross. I wasn't trusting God. And so scripture says, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you. That's not common to man. God's faithful and he will not leave you tempted beyond your ability. Both the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And in 1 Corinthians 13, that's mainly describing and like, the God's love, ultimately how we should love people, but also God's love. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So God gave us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And he didn't give us the spirit of fear. He wants to be scared. But at the exact same time, that came in the form of the Holy Spirit. That called the pouring into the Holy Spirit, not into our, own, not into our flesh. You know, he gave us these things through his love, which he bore for us. You know, through Jesus' sacrifice, that endures forever. You know, and a hope that was gonna last, gonna last through eternity. You know, Psalms twenty three four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. And so I just want to encourage you guys that don't think, oh, okay, I'm put God to the side. I'm gonna finish this right now. And it's like I'll wait till the end of the semester when I have free time. And then I'll start investing in my relationship with Christ. I'll, I'll put him to the side because I, I can do this. I don't, I don't need him. I can do this on myself. Because ultimately we can't. Because we will get fatigued. We will get tired. We will fail. I can, I can love on people and do all this, but I can't do it. I can't do it forever. I can't do it for a long amount of time. Yeah. And that's something that's convicting me because just, this world just will pound you. It will break you. But when you stand on Christ, when you stand on the rock... Nothing will. For the winds and the waves come, the, trans, the storms come, but they will not take down your stronghold. So just reiterate, how much power do your circumstances have over you? Because the Lord freed us from the circumstances, from the bondage of sin. We're not meant to live by our circumstances, by the power and the hope of the gospel, of Jesus' sacrifice, of him dying on the cross for us. And that's just what the Lord's been putting on my heart. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Up next. <laughs> Boy, you got in for it. We got Asia Mason bringing on. What? <laughs> all right. God is good. And all the time. 
Hey, okay, I'm just making sure y'all still here, y'all still awake, and y'all ready. Oh my gosh. Ah! <laughs> um, I just want to say thank you to all y'all from the freeze to every person in here to just for trusting us to deliver a word from God to y'all. And we're imperfect people, but I know God won't let us put him to shame. So I just believe he's going to speak something for each one of us tonight. So thank you for letting us. Um, so we're going to take a little poll. Oh, my name is Asia, by the way. <laughs> We're going to take a little poll. And if these few questions I have apply to you, don't be afraid to raise your hand. Or I guess not questions, but phrases. I just haven't heard the voice of God lately. We've been talking about that a lot tonight. Mm -hmm. I feel unmotivated or lazy or even more tired than I usually do. I see two hands in the back. <laughs> two hands on one person. Um, I find myself being quickly irritated by the people around me. Okay. <laughs> I just don't know my purpose here, and I feel, I guess, purposeless. Okay. As you can see, we're all in good company because we all are in the same trenches. And I think, obviously, the quick answer and the easy answer would be, well, you just need to get in your word. I mean, absolutely. God's word is the anchor of all truth, or it is the truth. Or it's easy to say, well, you just need to go pray. And I love prayer. I do. But what I found in my life, in addition to these two powerful pillars, is really, I can't even put it in my own words. It's in scripture, John 21. And it's in 15 through 18. And really, to summarize it, it says, if you love me, Jesus says, if you love me, feed my sheep. And we're going to read that today. Um, okay, if y'all ready, say amen. <laughs> too churchy <laughs> okay um john 15 verse or john 21 verse 15 i'm sorry after breakfast jesus asked simon peter simon john, son of john do you love me more than these yes lord peter replied you know i love you then feed my lambs jesus told him jesus repeated the question simon son of john do you love me Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. And a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. And a little background on Peter, if you don't know, he was like, he was one of Jesus' road dogs. He was with them to the end. But when it got to the end, he, he let his reputation, his fear, his laziness, whatever, get in the way. And so when people are like, you're with that Jesus, right? He's like, no, 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 I don't know him. I don't know him. That's the guy who followed Jesus around. No, I don't know him. And so in that, forsaking him and forsaking his love, he denounced himself, his relationship with Jesus. But Jesus, being as forgiving as he is, didn't say, oh, if you love me, you need to go be a pastor. Or if you love me, you need to go read this Bible front to back three times. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. And I think we think, okay, if I love Jesus, I need to go serve morning, noon, and night every day at the church. Or I need to know every book in the Bible, and I need to know every scripture and be ready to help with every moment that God needs me. And all those things are important. But if we are not doing what he said, which is simply love his sheep, we are not proving to the fullest amount how much we love Jesus. Um, and I had to figure that out myself in the most, I felt so dumb, y'all, but God is so good. So background on me, I, before I was here, 
I was, this is so funny. I was a campus missionary at UCA and at Hendrix. We got any Hendrix students? Okay. Okay, praise God, yeah! Okay. Um, so my life at Hendrix, or my life as a missionary was literally, I'd, you know, we do the small groups, the weekly services, all the things, but the day-to-day was literally meeting with students, living life with them, going through the word, discipleship. And I loved it. It was so fun. But it was so tiring. Oh, my gosh. There were sometimes I'd meet with a girl, and she wouldn't have anything to say. And I'm like, okay, let's try again next week. Or, you know, we have small group, and everybody's like, I have a paper due, and I'm just tired. I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay. I'm up. It's midnight. I got to be up at 6 a.m., but this is great. But and so there were days where it was hard. And there was a season in my life where I just was not motivated. I had really, it was a hard breakup. I just wanted to lay in bed. I was sad. And, but my job, my calling was to be on campus with these students every day. And I just didn't want to. And there was one day we were in our staff meeting and my friend was talking about she was in a similar state. But she felt like the Lord had just put this thing on her heart that was the more that she takes care of God's people, she really got to see his hand in her life. And she really got to see him taking care of her. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. That sounds great. But I don't want to be here. So anyways, it's time to go out on campus. I go out there and I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to put this to the test. And I want to love your people so that I can feel you love me. And so I'm walking around campus, and I meet this girl. Unknowingly, I meet this girl. I didn't even want to meet her low-key. And I, I'm just, I promise you I love my job, but I was tired. <laughs> um, and y'all know y'all been there. And so I told her, I was like, hey, my name's Asia. I'm with so-and-so. This is where we meet. This is what we do. We just want to invite you to walk with Jesus with me. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I've been wanting to know about this. Oh, my goodness, I just didn't know who to talk to. And I'm like. Of course. This is the one time I don't even want to do this. This is the most excited someone's been about Jesus. And so we walked through this relationship, this discipleship relationship, and it wasn't easy. We walked through this for a year and a half of just teaching, and she's from a different country, teaching her the Bible, having her in a small group, going through hardships. And I remember there was one day she said, Asia, in my country, we're not allowed to be Christian, but I know that Jesus is real, and I want to follow him. And I was like... Man, God, if I had been selfish, if I had just thought about myself, if I just went home that day, I mean, she probably would have found Jesus somewhere else, but I would have missed out on seeing this and being a part of this blessing with her. And so now when I think back to that day, I don't think about the hard breakup I came out of or how tired I was or how hot it was outside. I think about, man, God, you let me be a part of someone finding Jesus And I want to challenge you and encourage you with that, because even in Matthew 25, Jesus says, what you do to the least of your brothers, you do to me. And he continues to say, when I was a stranger, you didn't let me into your home. When I was naked and afraid in prison, you didn't clothe me. And I want to ask you guys, how do you treat the people around you? How are you loving not just the homeless on the street or the disabled woman in the store, but the people around you? They're naked and alone. Are you clothing them? They're a stranger. Are you inviting them into your home? And Jesus says, not me, Jesus says, what you do to the least of your brothers, you are doing to me. So in conclusion, I want to challenge all of us with this question that the Lord constantly challenges me with. Is does my love and my compassion and my grace for others reflect the heart of someone who is truly in love with Jesus? 
And if it does, you know, if you can answer that question, yes, praise God, let's do more. <laughs> let's do more. But if it doesn't, don't take this as a, oh, my gosh, I suck. I'm a terrible person. But ask the Lord, like, ask him to give you eyes to see people the way he sees them so that you can take care of them the way he wants you to take care of them. Because you're not going to see the Lord's hand in your life just waiting and complaining and waiting, thinking about yourself. You see it most when you take somebody alongside and say, I'm tired, but I know God's going to take care of us together. Or I'm depressed, but you know what? I need to watch you worship so that I can get the strength to worship. And so I want to leave you not just with my challenge, but with God's command to us. And it's found in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. And he says, I have, I've, given, I've been given all authority in heaven on earth, and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the, da- the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this, I am always with you, even to the end of age. And so that's not an option. That's not a, oh, I'll get to it, or I have to wait till I know the Bible. God has instructed us as believers to go out and make disciples, go out and love his sheep. And so I promise you, I promise you, When you start to look at people and ask the Lord to give you eyes to see them the way he sees them, you will truly start to see him take care of you. I have to pray for (laughs) y'all. Okay, sorry.